part of the deal was I used to say my name's Tom and I'm an elder, but I'm not elderly. But once you assume the title of grandfather, there's no more denying it. So if that's what I got to take, I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, look at this first slide, folks. This is a uh, list of ministries here at East Shore Baptist Church. We used to, uh, pre-COVID, we used to do this thing called a ministry fair, and we'd explain all of these and, and entice folks to participate. And, and that's not the purpose of the slide today. Um, today, I just want you to see that while we're not a huge church, we put forth a huge effort to share the love of Christ and to expand his kingdom. That's a lot going on right there, and I hope that you're involved in one, if not more, of these. Now, one ministry that is left off this list is what we're going to be talking about today, and that is biblical counseling, biblical counseling. So the sermon's going to be a little bit different. Now, it's still Bible-based, and you're still going to hear the gospel, uh, but you're going to hear it as we talk about a specific ministry here at East Shore Baptist Church and it is one of the most challenging ministries that we do. In fact, it's so challenging that many local pastors refuse to do biblical counseling. I've had many people, and our church has had folks who have come to us from their church because their pastor said, no, huh, not going to do that. And uh, not to sound judgmental, but I say shame on them. Shame on them because they are missing a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel with an unbeliever or to encourage a new believer through a difficult time in their life. But it is challenging, but oh my goodness, is it rewarding? Is it rewarding? So please listen today and find out how you can be involved. Now hopefully you're aware that we have a biblical counseling ministry at our church. Every week you get an email of this. This is our church prayer guide or there are hard copies out in the lobby. I hope this isn't an email that you just look at and delete. This, this is how we lift our prayers up to God. This is how we love and support each other. And if you look at it, folks, it's just four pages. So you know what I do? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you've prayed the church prayer guide in four days for our church. Okay, so let's make sure that we are a praying church. And if you do know about this, then you've seen this announcement in the prayer guide for our biblical counseling. And it says, please keep our biblical counseling ministry in prayer. There are many hurting people who seek the comfort found only in Jesus. Pray for those reaching out for help and for those here at ESBC who are being given the honor of showing God's love through this ministry. Please, folks, lift this up in prayer, and we'll talk more about that later. So here's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm a bit of an abbreviation guy, and you can go to the next one, brother. And so whenever you see BC, now, when I say I'm an abbreviation guy, that's just a clever way of saying I'm too lazy to write it out. Um, whenever you see BC, that's biblical counseling, okay? So we're going to talk about what biblical counseling is, what it is not, why it is important, and four ways that you can participate in biblical counseling. So in the Old Testament, there are three Hebrew words which get their origin from the word um, counseling. There are five New Testament Greek words from counseling. And taken all together, this is what counseling means. To guide, advise, instruct, encourage, comfort, admonish, and warn. All of these are components. So putting all those together, I'm going to give you a short working definition, and if you want to, not saying you have to, but if you want to, you 
could have grabbed an outline on the way in, and here's your first filling, your first fill in. A working definition of biblical counseling is using God's word for today's problems. Using God's word for today's problem. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, well, Tom, I don't have any problems. In which case I would say, God bless you, but you're wrong. Because everyone in here has a problem, myself included, and that is a sin problem. And we all have that sin problem, and it all needs to be addressed. So none of you have arrived, okay, especially including myself. Um, I often think about the great apostle Paul and everything he went through. I mean, God used him to write more books in, in the Bible than anyone else. And yet this is what Paul said in Romans 7. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Now, I, I love that verse because I'll be honest with you, there's a lot in Romans that, you know, it's, it's some pretty thick theological stuff. This I understand. This I understand. I understand it on a secular level because misery loves company. But on a more spiritual level, I like it because if Paul struggled with this, then it's okay if I struggle with this as long as I use God's word to persevere. And that's kind of what biblical counseling is about, using God's word to break that habit or at least severely reduce the frequency and intensity of sin, of sin. Because folks, God's word, God's word, it transforms minds. It changes hearts. It'll give you my favorite verse in the Bible, that abundant life that it talks about in John 10, 10. So who can we look at as a model for a biblical counselor? Well, your next fill-in is the greatest model of a biblical counselor is Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ. If you look at his ministry, every encounter that he had, he was trying to bring about change that would result in not only a better life, but eternal life and salvation. And he demonstrated so many qualities of an effective biblical counselor. So we're going to look at some, some things from his ministry. You can go to the next one. Now, um, I don't have a slide for every one of these verses. You may write them down if you wish and, and, and look up later. And, and also just a little warning. I'm not comparing us to Jesus, all right? That would be very disheartening and defeatist, all right? What we're doing here is looking at qualities that Jesus exhibited in his ministry that you can exhibit towards others in a biblical counseling ministry, okay? So number one, he loved people. He loved people. That's why this, you know this verse, right? This is why it was the verse that we read before our offertory today. First, it, it, it's the whole gospel in one verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life, everlasting life. In biblical counseling, you will show your love towards other. How? by the time you put forth, by the compassion, by the preparation, by the energy, by the effort to help who? Hurting people. Jesus also confronted people. This is Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you, if he listens to you, you have won your brother over. In biblical counseling, folks, you will confront people. You will ask tough questions, but you'll do it in a loving way. 
And I was terrible at this when I started biblical counseling because I don't like conflict. And so I'd be working with somebody and I'd say, so the, you, you, you said you were going to pray this week. Did, did you get a chance to do that like you said? And, and you said you weren't going to look at porn. Did you, did you look at any of it? All right. I'm way past that now because after putting in the time and the energy and the preparation and the love and concern, I'll just ask them. All right. You, this was your homework for this week. Did, look, look here, look me, and tell me, did you do it? Not in a mean way, but in a loving way. You will confront people. Thirdly, he spoke only what God told him to speak. John 12, 49. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. So that was one of my biggest fears before I got in this ministry was, what if I don't know what to say? And oh my gosh, has it happened. I'm sitting there listening to someone pouring out their heart and soul, and I'm listening, and in my head I'm going, oh, I've got nothing. i got nothing. And I'm throwing up flare prayers to God, and he always gives you the right words. He always gives you the right words. Fourth, God's counseling, Jesus' counseling was empowered by prayer. Now, this is from Luke Luke 5, and he's the most popular person in the world, all right? He's busy. He's overwhelmed. There are hordes of people following him. How is he going to balance all that? Listen to this verse. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Being a biblical counselor will most definitely increase your prayer life because you will realize where you fall. You will, re- you will see yourself mirrored in the hurting person that you're helping and you will be praying for insight and advice on how to make a change and how to help them make a change in their life. Jesus also had compassion. Now this is Mark 140. I'm going to add uh, 41 and 42. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. So in biblical counseling, folks, it'll show you the real meaning of compassion. You will care so much for that person who's sitting in the chair next to you. Your heart will break for them, but in a good way, in a godly way, in a way where you can do something about it. And lastly, Jesus dealt with root causes. He dealt with root causes. Now, you you guys probably recognize this passage. This is the paralytic being lowered through the roof. And if you remember right, uh, healing him physically was not the first thing Jesus did. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, eventually, he didn't say, get up and walk, but he dealt with the heart issue of what was going on. As a biblical counselor, that's what you'll do. You'll deal with heart issues. Because before I started, I was like, well, I don't know about kids who are cutting themselves, and I don't know about addictions, and I don't know about this, but I know about the heart issue of sin. And that's, so, so don't, you don't have to be an expert on all the social ills in this world. You just have to know, understand the idols of the heart. And, and that's a term that's used a lot in biblical counseling, how to deal with people's idols of their heart. Okay, so 
um, what we've talked about so far, far is that biblical counseling is using God's word for today's problems. And we do this by modeling the qualities exhibited by Jesus Christ in his ministry. Now let's talk a little bit about what biblical counseling is not, is not. It is not a money revenue source for East Shore Baptist Church, okay? I, I, if I left the word out, but it is free biblical counseling, all right? And that's, those are the kind of hurting people we get because that's what they can afford. Um, also, it's not about eliminating or playing doctor and messing with someone's medications, okay? As biblical commenta uh, commentators, as uh, biblical counselors, we are taught that God created everything, including science, okay? So, so what happens between them and their doctor in terms of medication is between them and their doctor. We're focusing on heart issues. We're focusing on heart issues. Being uh, biblical counseling is not about having impeccable scripture, knowledge, and recall. You do not have to be a Bible expert to be a biblical counselor, all right? God will give you the, the, the few passages you, you need, plus you have time in between each session to do prayerful spiritual resource. You don't need to be, you know, it's not like somebody says something and you go, oh, well, you need Hezekiah 12 too. It'd be healed and throw it out at them, okay? That's not, that's not what biblical counseling is. It's also not about being an overly righteous super Christian who knows everything, all right? If that's your motivation going in, please don't come, okay? We are just sinners helping who? Helping other sinners, helping other sinners. Um, and, and again, you're gonna talk to these people not in a condescending way, but in a, almost like a parent. Look at this verse here from uh, Thessalonians. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. All right, so I don't want to misrepresent the biblical counseling ministry. It's not you being an expert telling people what to do. It's you lovingly showing them the power of God's word. Biblical counseling is not about using the grace of God as a way to help someone validate their poor choices. You, no, you don't make excuses for sinful behavior. You'll learn in a loving way how to hold people accountable and how to teach them that they are responsible for their behaviors, right? We all like to watch TV and tisk, tisk, tisk at people today and what they should and shouldn't do. Well, biblical counseling puts that to use, but in a loving, godly way instead of a judgmental way. Biblical counseling um, and using your Bible in biblical counseling is not an option, right? This, this is what it is based on. Um, so, so, so hear me clear. Biblical counseling is not based on your human experience or your ideas or your expertise, okay? Of course that plays a role in it. If you're working with somebody who's gone through something you've gone through, of course you're gonna share about some of your own personal experiences. But that's just a part that you add on. It all comes back to his word and how God can transform mind and change hearts, okay? Um, it is our best source regarding faith and practice. Here's a famous verse. I know you all know this one. Second Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness 
so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Finally, biblical counseling, in case you haven't got the message, it's not easy, it's not quick, it's challenging because often you're dealing with the messy, tangled web that some people have weaved in their lives, myself included, but it is eternally rewarding and God-honoring. When you see a life change, not because of you, but because of the Holy Spirit and God's word, whoo, man, what a feeling, what a feeling. All right, let's talk about why biblical counseling is so important. Your next fill-in is the word important. So to get this information, we already have five or six biblical counselors. So I asked them all the same few questions. Here's their answers. Because if anyone knows why it's important, it's these folks. So I asked them, why is biblical counseling a vital ministry at East Shore Baptist Church? The overwhelming answer was because it helps so many hurting people. Guys, is there a lot of hurt in this world? Who doesn't have a friend, relative, acquaintance, or neighbor who is going through the ringer, whose life is spiraling out of control? There's so much hurt. And we can either just say, oh, it's such a shame, or now we have a ministry that can do something about it. They also said, and I love this, I'm going to repeat it twice, I love it so much. Biblical counseling points people towards God's word. It replaces idols and misplaced desires and misplaced thinking with a deeper faith and trust in God's word. I'm going to say it again. It replaces idols and misplaced desires and misplaced thinking with a deeper faith and trust in God's word. That's why they're in, it's a vital ministry here at our church. So the next question I ask them is, why are you involved in biblical counseling? And they said things like, I want to be a vessel for God's word and things like that. But you know what the most common answer was? Because I've seen it work. They've seen lives cha changed. The next question I ask them is, why is God's word sufficient for today's problems? You know, a skeptic could say, there's nothing in here about opioids. There's nothing in here about, or not a lot about divorce and separation and da 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 Why is God's word sufficient for today's problem? Look at the pattern in this answer. Now, these are diff five different people, but here's the pattern. He, Jesus, is the only one that can change us. He, Jesus, is the only one that can give us peace and hope. He, Jesus, is the only one, period. That's why God's word is sufficient. So then I asked him, okay, well, so what are some barriers that would stop somebody from getting involved? What held you back, counselors, before you got involved? And here's their answers. For many of them, they were comfortable in their status quo. They could come to church. They could sit here or sit here. They could do that ministry. They could do that ministry. But... Meeting somebody in a room and trying to help them when I'm not perfect myself, it was out of their box. And then every one of them stepped out of their box and trusted God and became a biblical counselor. Biblical counseling will change you guys. 
it has made me much better follower of Christ. Other things that held them back is they felt inadequate in Bible knowledge. We already talked about that. You don't have to be Lars Geller and able to recall, or John Toon, and be able to recall everything from everything that you've ever heard in the Bible, okay? God bless those brainiacs, but that, that you don't have to be that. I say that lovingly, Lars. <laughs> Other reasons that held commentators back were pride or they felt they were too busy, or they couldn't afford the money for training. We will address all of those things. Finally, I asked him one last question. Is there anything else that you'd like to say that you want me to share when I get up here about biblical counseling? And they said, just, just tell everybody that this ministry is huge to hurting people. There's just so many hurting people. Also tell them that it promotes growth, not only in the counselee, which is what we call the person receiving it, but the counselor but the counselor. And then finally, they said, don't forget that it is evangelistic, evangelistic. So I hope that you haven't forgot about who's your one, who's your one, because please know that the elders and deacons are still praying over the names that you submitted. We're still lifting them up, and I hope you're lifting them up, and you're, you're thinking about how you can help your one. And if you become a biblical counselor, you're going to share the gospel. It's what you do in the first session. And that person may not be your one, but they are a one, okay? And, and, we, and it, you're absolutely going to hear the gospel, right? Because what we tell counselors who come in, in the first session, you're doing a lot of listening, which is what you should be doing, right? There's a proverb about that. But then at some point, you need to find out where they are spiritually, and if they don't know the Lord yet and they're not ready to make that, that's, that's fine. You're still going to counsel them. But you're just going to lovingly get through to them that, listen, I'm going to give you lots of godly advice. And, 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 and you'll think it's going to work to a degree. But until you give God your heart fully, until you're really plugged in, it'll never have that life-changing, heart-alterating power. And sometimes we use the analogy, and I hope this works, we talk about ironing, and uh, if, you're not, if, you're, if you're not plugged in and the iron isn't turned on, you can press on a wrinkled shirt all you want, and it might get a little bit uh, cleaner. But until you plug in and you add, <laughs> you add the steam of the Holy Spirit, baby, lives are changed. Lives are changed. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just thought that was one of the neatest analogies. Until you plug in and the Holy Spirit gets going, you're never going to get those wrinkles out of your life. All right, folks, we're coming down now. Let's talk about four ways that you can participate in a biblical counseling ministry. Four ways you can participate. Number one, please be praying about the biblical counseling ministry here at East Shore Baptist Church. Just as in evangelism, just as in life, nothing spiritually happens without prayer, okay? If you have a sentence in your life and that sentence is, I guess the only thing we can do is pray, get rid of that sentence and change your verbiage to the best thing we can do is pray. The best thing we can do. And I know our human nature is, you know, always to go, the best thing you can do is pray to our Father. Um, speaking of prayer, a little aside here, 
We used to have a ministry uh, prayer team that would pray during the, this hour right here in another part of church for the Holy Spirit to move among members. And then with COVID and everything else, it went away. But guess what? The leader of that, we're kicking it back up in October, okay? And you'll see announcements about that the next three weeks. So if that's something you like to do because you believe in the power of prayer, please keep your ears out for that. And uh, don't forget your prayer guide, praying for our counseling ministry. Moving on, number two, how can you participate in the biblical counseling ministry? Make a referral. Make a referral. Now, that's a fancy word, folks. That just means you're inviting somebody who might benefit from this ministry, okay? I find it hard to believe that everyone in here doesn't have a friend, a relative, an acquaintance, or neighbor whose life is not spiraling out of control, who could benefit from this. And hopefully you have enough of a relationship where you say to them, I'll pick on Sam for a minute, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm not perfect, brother, but I, I don't know if I have all these answers for these things you're sharing with me, but our church has this ministry and it's free and they use the Bible and, and, and I know that, you know, I don't know where you are with that, but I, I think this is something you might want to try. Can you say that to your... Do you have enough of a relationship? And, and, and you're saying that, and then your lost friend who's going through whatever comes in and hears the gospel, and their life is changed. This is an opportunity, another thing that our church provides for you to cross that bridge and have a God conversation with your lost people. You just need to have the guts, the courage, and the wisdom to say it. All right, here comes the big one. Here comes the big one. How can you become involved in the biblical counseling ministry? Number three, become a biblical counselor. Become a biblical counselor. And, and if you're sitting here right now saying, no way, Jose, just let the Holy Spirit talk, okay? What do you have to be to be a biblical counselor? Well, you got to be Christian, right? You've got to know that you were created, all things, and you were created to have a relationship with God. Colossians 1, 16, all things were created through him and for him. You need to know and you need to believe that you can't have that relationship because of what you've done. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, John 3, John, Romans 3, 23. And um, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. You need to understand that you can have that relationship, not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done. The second part of Romans 6.23, yes, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 5.8, God loved us so much that he demonstrated his love towards us while we were yet sinners. And then you also need to know that it's a relationship you have to choose. Church can't do it for you. Legal system can't do it for you. School system can't do it for you. Your good deeds can't do it for you. You, you need to choose Romans uh, 10, oh, 9, 10, 13. If you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that he is risen from the dead, you will be For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be It's a relationship you have to choose. That's the gospel. If you're here today and that, that's new to you or you haven't done that, okay, forget biblical counseling Come and, and, and talk to someone after church and make that, make today your day as Dan prayed earlier. If you are a believer and you believe that, this is a mechanism for you to share. The very first counselee I had, I was nervous, 
And Brian Lingle set me up with a 16-year-old boy, and I got to share the gospel, and he asked Jesus into his heart. I mean, God just, it was just, I walked out on cloud nine. I don't know who, who's more excited, me or the young man. So you have to be a, a Christian. You have to understand confidentiality. What is said in the, in the counseling room stays in the counseling room, unless they are talking about hurting themselves or hurting others. And you'll get training on that. How do you decipher that kind of information? But you, you, you need to keep that information to yourself. When the biblical counselors get together, they don't share each other's stories about who they're working with. They just share a big picture like, I, I, my counseling needs help with this, or do you guys have any wisdom on how to handle this? But specifics are not shared, confidentiality. You need to be a good listener, okay? If you do a lot more of this, then you do of this, you need to do more. I know I'm the first one to come up with this, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth, okay? I know you've never heard that. I'm going to patent that. But um, you need to be a good listener. You need to be a good listener and not someone who, who, who talks too much. Um, okay, so how do you get trained? How do you get trained? We get our training through something called the Faith Biblical Counseling Ministry. The Faith Biblical Counseling Ministry. So they have six tracks that you can go through. But to become a biblical counselor, you only need to go through track one. And it's a series of videos that you watch and they provide notes with blanks. And all you have to do is watch those and check in with one of our counselors. And that is how you become trained. Now, what do you, how and where can you get this training? So back in the old days, you, we used to have to, we had a bus and it was purple. Does anyone remember what we called it? Barney the Barney bus. That's right. And we'd get in the Barney bus and we'd drive 1,400, no, uh, nine hours to whatever, Indianapolis. And we'd go to training, one week condensed training. And uh, Indianapolis, uh, no, uh, yes. Lafayette. In February, such a beautiful place, folks. So, so pretty. But... Um, you know, with COVID and everything else that happens, now we have so many options. So you can still go out there and get the training. But guess what? Now they also offer track one virtually and online. And you can do it in the spring or the summer or the fall. And you can do it Friday and a Saturday, once in August, Friday and a Saturday in September, Friday and a Saturday in October. And you'll have, you'll have completed it. Or you can do it 11 Mondays in a row. Or when they put the video out, what if I'm busy that night? You have 30 days to see the video. They have so many options. Do not let technology dissuade you. Frankly, I'd rather drive nine hours and be in front of somebody than do the online. At least that's how I used to feel before COVID. So if technology, if you're sitting here already and say, nope, I'm done, not going to do the technology, we will come to your house and help you set it up. Or we will set it up here and you can come here and watch it. We will figure something out to help you. Do not let that dissuade you. There are so many ways. And you can have in-person, you can have instructor-guided, self-guided. Um, our ladies, they still prefer watching the live one out in Indianapolis. And correct me if I'm getting this wrong, ladies. But they don't want to go to Indianapolis. So these are some slick ladies they rented a house down in North Carolina on the beach and they all went down there and watched it virtually. And I believe they were all on different tracks. So one's in one room doing this track, another another track. And then when it was all over, they'd get together and talk about what they learned. 
So you could go with that group. There are options. There are options. We need men. Do we still need ladies? Yes. But we need men. We need men counselors. And if you've never considered it, I hope that the Spirit's talking to you now. There's never been a quicker way to complete track one. The cost of what they call the early bird special, if you register ahead of time, is $200. We have scholarship money available. If you do not have that, we will pay that for you. And you'll learn everything you need. You'll learn about the first session, where you sit, where they sit, what it looks like when they come in. Uh, how, do you, how do you do homework? Do you have to have all the answers right there? You don't. Sometimes I've had folks where I'm not even sure to where to begin, and I say, you know what, I'm going to send you an email later today, and, and I'll give you your homework then, because I, I just need to go home and pray and, and think about it. We'll give you a key to the church, and you can counsel with someone here, or if you want to start with another counselor, which whether you want to or not, we may make you do that, is start with someone who's already a counselor, and you'll have a key to the church and you can do it here. And we have security cameras in all the counseling rooms for confidentiality and for security. Men with men, women with women, mutually agreed upon schedules. All right, so what's Tom trying to say? No excuses. No excuses. If you're sitting here thinking, I'm too busy, it, this is free biblical counseling, folks. They come according to your schedule, right? So if you can only do Saturday nights or you can only do uh, Friday midday or you can only do Saturday morning, then that's when you can do. And if the counselee can't fit that, then we put them in with another counselor. It's according to your schedule. You may sit, be sitting here saying, I'm too old, or in my case, elderly, to help. If you can drive yourself to church, you can do this. If you can turn on your computer at home or if you need help doing that, you can be a biblical counselor. Couples can be biblical counselors. No excuse for age. And you might be here sitting here and saying, but I'm an introvert. We are not asking you to get up here and preach. You're going to be in a room, folks. Some of them I do in my house, frankly. If it's someone from church or a friend of a friend that I know, I do it in my... I mean, how convenient is that? And it's just going to be one-on-one. -on -one. One sinner who knows Jesus talking to another who needs help knowing Jesus better who has never known Jesus. All right, the last one, the last one. You can join in this ministry by contributing financially towards a scholarship. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that one because I really want to emphasize one, two, and three. We have the money for scholarships. The, I know that sounds cocky, but the Lord's blessed us. Uh, Dan Long has the blood, sweat, and tears to prove that the Lord's blessed us through the medals for ministry. So we can cover that. We need prayer. And we need referrals, but we can only do referrals if we get more people to become counselors. Sometimes we've gotten referrals. Pastor John has sent it out, and it doesn't work for any of the six or seven who currently do it. And so guess what? They don't get seen. And they'll wait months. We need more biblical counselors. So, in conclusion, folks, I know this has been a different sermon, but it's still about the power of God and how he can transform minds and change hearts through the biblical counseling ministry. So, please pray about this. Please share with others. And if you have someone who would benefit from this, there's forms in a slot outside Pastor John's office or the form is online. 
they can fill it out there. It's got a fancy name, a PDI, personal data inventory, but it's just an application for biblical counseling. But more than anything, I hope you heard our hearts today. We need some help. We need more people. It's not a glamorous ministry, right? You're not getting those feelings where you're feeding the homeless in front of people or doing a ministry at the community. It's a behind the scenes in the web and ebbs of a person's life. But man, does it, is it glorious? Is it glorious? So here's the deal. There'll, uh, there'll be a clipboard. There's a clipboard right now out in the lobby or you can contact the office. And all it says is, I'm interested, tell me more. So I'm not committing you to anything. But if you sign that, if you're interested or you need to go home and talk about it, pray about it, again, couples can do it. Older folks can do it. Younger folks, as long as they're growing in the Lord, they can do it. What you're offering is hope with a capital H to a hurting world. Amen? Worship team, would you come on up? As the worship team comes up, folks, um, if you're here today and you haven't given your heart to Jesus, and when Tom shared about, you know, the relationship thing and realizing you were created for one and that you can't have it because of you, but you can't have it because of him, but it's one you have to choose. If you'd like to do that today, come up and do that. If you'd like to come up and pray about your involvement in biblical counseling, do that. Many of our biblical counselors started out as counselees, and it blessed them and changed them. And then they wanted to turn around and bless others. 